there? No. Stay right there, I'll be right back. Hey, welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International and our new television series, Country Wisdom. Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. You know, in fishing on a large body of water, you say, well, why fish? I can't see the fish. But there's evidence. You know, other people say they've caught fish. There's once in a while somebody said, yeah, I saw one jump over there. All of these things in life. Hope? Is there any hope? Well, we can talk with a lot of people who have a lot of hope because they've seen God working in their life where there was no hope before. Stay tuned to hear some of these amazing stories of how God has reached into lives and given hope where there was no hope. Wow, Dr. Steve, we're out here in your boat fishing a little bit. Um, we're trying to. There you go, trying to. Why do you fish? Well, I wish I knew for sure why I fish, but <laughs> as, as long as I can remember, I love the idea of fishing. And there was always something just wanting to see that, that fish, you know. I was excited every time we got the chance when I was a kid, you know. My parents took me out one time and we went to Whitney Portal and there's a pond there where they were trout fishing. And man, I wanted to fish with them. <laughs> you know, I think maybe, maybe God gave us a little bit of uh, fishing in our, in our blood, you know? I mean, you think about Jesus. He met the disciples fishing and he didn't say, I don't want you to fish anymore. You know, he actually instructed them a little bit on how to fish with his help, right? Yeah, well, you know, he, he, said, he, he even changed their, their direction of fishing a little bit. He says, I'll make you fishers of men. But he didn't do that before he gave them some hope in what he was going to do with and for them. Now, that, that brings up an interesting point. Why fish out here? How do you know there's a single fish in this lake? Because well, if it were up to me, we would not be out in this boat on a day like today. Yeah. And I look and I think, there's a reason we're the only fishermen out here right now. The only crazy people. <laughs> but but it basically, I think it's because, you know, you talk to others and they say, fishing's good out on this lake. And I've seen other people catch fish, so ergo, there must be fish. Right. In fact, before I started fishing here this, uh, this winter or, or this spring, it was one of those things where I had someone say, boy, I heard they're really catching them down there at Lake Siskiyou. And I fished here before. This is not the first time I fished. And uh, we caught fish. So I have hope that there's fishing, there's fish to be caught, you know. There you go. Yeah. Yep. God never wants us to base, you know, on the gospel side. He just doesn't want us to go blindly with no hope, no faith. He, he gives us evidence, doesn't he? And I think you were just touching on that, that Jesus gave the disciples evidence before he went and asked him to do something as crazy as being fishers of men. Right, you think about it here, we've been fishing here for a little while now, and we've not even, well, I think maybe I had a bite or two, but uh, kind of like the disciples, we haven't caught anything. 
you know. And we're just we're we're just hoping that, that there'll be <laughs> something here. But um, you know, they came in after a night of fishing, and he says, "Well, have you caught anything?" You know, I can hear him sort of saying it like we would nowadays. Well, boys, you had anything, any luck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, they says, no, nope, man, we fished all night. <clears throat> and of course, back there, their nets weren't as invisible as the fishing lines that we use today. They could be seen. And so they fished at night so that the fish couldn't see uh, their nets. That and, was a really interesting story because he said, no, go on now, it's daytime. Cast out your nets. They said, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> said, no one ever does that, you know. We worked hard all night. We didn't catch anything. There's no hope. <laughs> yeah. They, they thought that Jesus must be, what, a city slicker or something, because he had no <laughs> idea how to fish. Well, you know, oh, Peter, you know, he was one of those uh, quintessential fishermen that, that uh, he just kind of knew, you know, uh, fishing, you know. <laughs> You know, he, but, he and James and John, they, they had it together. They'd grown up there doing that. That's, you know, their, their parents their, were fishermen, so they were fishermen, you know. And uh, so, you know, he says, uh, he says, you know, it doesn't, oops. Oh, got up on the bottom. Oh. <laughs> got on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> got Great. my hopes up there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No hope now. No I'm hope now. To, I'm hung up now. Yeah. Um, but... But so they says, you know, he really doesn't know what he's talking about, but we will, um, we'll go ahead and humor him, you know. Uh, yeah, well, and, you know, Jesus spent so much time on the Sea of Galilee. One of the stories to me that is so exciting, he'd preach to the crowds for several days and he's so tired. He tells the disciples, goes down the legs, get in the boat, let's go over the other side. Now today it is kind of cold out here, it's lightly stormy. It was raining earlier. But they got out on that sea, and it started really storming. So much so, the Bible said basically the boat was filling up with water. These are seasoned fishermen, and they're figuring they're going to die. Now, remember what happened next. They, what was they, Jesus doing? <laughs> he, yeah, he was sound asleep in the back of the boat. And Peter just goes nuts. Goes up to him, sees him at the last moment, says, Lord, don't you care? We're going to die. And of course he cared because he cares about all of us, not just his best friends. Uh, the fact that he was sleeping didn't indicate he didn't care. It indicated his trust in the Father. Yeah, yeah, no total trust. And then he stands up in the boat, says, raises his hands, peace be still. And all that water immediately stills. And I think about the storms in our lives. You know, everybody today has got storms in their lives. And I'm like, Peter, I'm the one going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Don't you even care? Yeah, yeah. But he stilled that water. It just moved out like a mirror. And immediately, Bible says, they're to the other shore, the shore they're going to. Now, it's really interesting to me that when he got in the boat in the first place, he said, let's go where? To the far shore. To the far shore. Let's go to the other side. When God bids you to go someplace, he doesn't leave you in the middle. <laughs> That's right. He did not I'll meet you over there. Yeah. And it also doesn't mean that there won't be storms on the way to the Gold Coast. Absolutely. And of course, we're facing that, uh, a lot of that storm uh, right now. There you go. Um, we're, we're facing that, that storm right now in this pandemic, you know. And a lot of yeah. us are wondering, is this the 
just the beginning of that final storm, you know. And there are a lot of people um, in the world, if they have no hope, uh, if they um, don't have a belief in God, if they, if they haven't seen how He works in your life, they don't have any hope. They're, they look at the world and they're going, man, you know, it's just hopeless. In fact, there's an estimate that at least 75,000 people in the United States are likely to die from suicide because of their loss of hope, because of the depression, the, the, the just there's nothing that they uh, are looking forward to. They don't see a way out. Now, you know, you mentioned that the suicide and the depression. Jesus got over to that other shore and the first thing that met him there was a guy who was absolutely crazy. I mean, the Bible says he had 2,000 demons in him. He's naked, he's screaming, he's, he'd been cutting himself, he'd been, uh, you know, self-mutilating. He'd been doing all these things. And what does it say? All the disciples ran away. That's the category I'd probably find myself in. <laughs> if this crazy man comes out of the tombs and, you know, gonna, looks like he's going to kill you. But Jesus stood his ground and he cast out those 2,000 demons. That's what's exciting. Whatever demons we've got in our lives, whatever you call it, whatever's going on in your life, God can deal with it. Right. There, there's no issue with him. And that's one of the things that, that a lot of people, they don't understand the hugeness of God. I've been reading a, a little bit about some of the cosmological evidences for God. And, you know, from the, from the tiniest atom and, and subatomic particles, which are increasingly more complex that we are amazed to understand, to the hugeness of the, of the universe, you know, maybe a billion, billion galaxies, you know, similar to ours. Um, the, uh, the fact that God is in control of all of that is, you know, and you almost wonder in that case, why does he care about us on this planet? Yeah, yeah. Now, I want people to know that, too, that as we talk about this, that, that uh, saying right now, Jesus will take care of everything. While it's true, there can be stages of that. There can be situations where you're, you're a medical doctor, not in the profession of, you know, that you're probably speaking of at the moment, but, but people may need some other help to get to those stages of getting life together again. Is that a correct statement? Uh, well, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, not only does he give us the spiritual help that we need, but sometimes um, he has uh, given us the, the medical help um, not uh, just um, it's it's not just the spiritual help, but sometimes he's equipped us with knowledge about you know the incredible increase in knowledge has given us the ability to do things to to help people who are in trouble like that. They they can have a lot better uh, result. And what we really want to be able, of course, to do is to rely on Jesus because he's. He's, he really is the final solution to this. He's the only solution. <laughs> Amen, yeah, the only, only true total solution. Right, the only, the only total solution, but there are times when counseling or perhaps even uh, medication might make a difference in uh, getting you to where you can calm your mind enough to be able to hear his voice more clearly. You know, when you were talking about uh, the man who was just crazy, essentially, who 
had no hope in his life, you know, was violent to himself and to others. And Jesus didn't run from them. He helped him. One time I heard someone who made the statement that no Christian should ever be depressed. And if there hadn't been other people around him, <laughs> I wanted to rise up and, <laughs> because I've had periods, not as bad as that man in the Bible, but I've had periods where I'm not really coping. I have had two periods in my life where because of circumstances and brain chemistry and hormones, what, you know, the perfect storm of it all, where I have, everything has looked black. It's been like a black, wet blanket over me and I can barely breathe. And you're a Christian who loved Jesus. Yes, yes. In fact, if I hadn't had that, that glimmer of hope, I don't know that I would still be here today. When I was only 16, I stood in front of the medicine cabinet at home. And my mother had quite the array because she had a problem with prescription drugs. And I stood there trying to figure out what combination of which ones would just make it all go away. And to this day, I'm not entirely certain why I shut the cabinet door and walked away. I'm pretty sure that some angel said, no, don't, don't do that because this is momentary. You've got this whole life. At the moment, I didn't know it. I didn't feel like I had anything to look forward to. Well, you know, let's just accept what we need for just a second because people need to understand God created us for eternity, not for time. This is a little bitty blip down here and he'll get us through this to get to the other side where everything is glorious. Yes. And that hope is all that gets some of us through a day or through our lives. And you need to work to keep that hope in front of you so that even in times that are very, very dark, I know a lot of people journal. I've not been disciplined enough to develop that habit. I should, <laughs> but I haven't. But there are times where I've had to stop and think and remind myself of all the ways, some tiny, some bigger, that the little blessings, the little times that as small as going out for a walk and all of a sudden noticing this tiny little flower in the middle of a bunch of weeds or something and it just makes you smile. That little bit of hope, I'll stop and consciously think, God, thank you for pointing that out to me. Someday I'm gonna need to remember that. Yeah, yeah. There was, I don't know if you guys, this was many years ago, but when I became a Christian, I, I heard of this guy, his name was Glenn Kuhn. And oh, Glenn, yeah. Did it. He went around the country touring on the ABCs of prayer, ask, believe, and claim. And he always talked about we need to praise God even on those days when we don't feel like it. And if you don't feel like it, he says, hold your breath for five minutes, and at the end of five minutes, see if you can praise God for breath. <laughs> Nobody can hold their breath for five minutes. I'd We're be praising pass God out. way before yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it's really true yeah. to think about it. When you start, I, I have journaled on it for many years, and it really is a, is a high point in my life when I do journal. Because I kind of, I'm the kind of guy that can get in bed at night, lay down, close my eyes, say, thank you, Lord, for the food I'm partaking of. And I'm like, wait a second, you know what? It's not that <laughs> fun. It's, 
you know, I'm, 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 getting, I'm kind of starting to go to sleep already, you know? And That's him. <laughs> if I lay down, I'm gone. Yeah, and so it gives you a little bit of focus, you know? You can yeah. think going right. through everything of the day, and you can do this and do that. Right. Kind of gets you on that journey. But I, I think especially, you know, as, we, as you mentioned about suicide, the devil wants to destroy people. He, he wants to depress people. He wants to make everything look black and bleak and totally dreary. And it's not that way. In, in life, there's always somebody who cares. And on this earth, even if there's nobody who cares, God does. God, in the form of Jesus Christ, came to this earth and died for you. And so there's somebody who really cares, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that will give up their life for you and already has. So they ought to know that, hey, there, there is hope. Lots of hope, more than us knowing there's a few fish in the lake. There's a lot of hope, right? That's right. That, speaking of a lot of hope, they told me that just uh, a day and a half ago, they put a bunch of more fish in this lake for us to fish for. Uh, I haven't been able to tell it yet today. But They're not working too <laughs> They must today. have put them in on the other side of the lake, and they haven't gotten this far. <laughs> you know, I think about, uh, I was down in, in Costa Rica, and... Uh, met this this old fellow that his grand or his daughter-in-law his daughter-in-law yeah his son had died already daughter-in-law ended up with cancer and she had a 10 year old boy and she needed to uh, get to the hospital for treatment well she in that day the grandpa is there with the grandson and they waved goodbye to mom the only problem is that was the last time they ever saw mom she died at the hospital oh wow he is totally depressed now. He is just feeling horrible. He, he's got a, a 10-year-old kid. He's in his late 70s and just feeling rotten. Then he discovers he's got cancer. And now, he, and the cancer is starting to get so bad, he's in pain all the time. But he doesn't want it to get better because he wants to die. But it's getting so bad, he decides, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to speed up the process. So he, he goes to his house. He took me to his house that day. Not the day he was going to hang himself, but <laughs> this is after the fact a little bit. Yeah. He takes me up this spiral staircase, and he says, you see that beam up there? He said, I threw a rope over that beam. And he said, i I got to use both hands here. i got to describe this to you. <laughs> yeah. I took that rope. I put it over my head. I was ready to jump down the stairwell. One of her music coming from the, the neighbor next door, and he thought, I need to play a little bit of music, too, because maybe someone will hear me coughing or choking or whatever, horrible situation. He said, I better turn on the TV. So he took the news up, walked downstairs. Now, the interesting thing is that the day before, I know the people at the television studio, and the engineer there said it had bothered him so long they had a terrible signal, terrible television signal. He said, God impressed him that day. He had to do something with that signal. But he said, we had no money for parts that we needed. So he said, I went to the back room and I started rummaging through all these boxes and all this stuff to find something. After quite a while, he said, I came up with this one part. I needed that part. He said, I needed one more part. I kept digging. He kept digging through boxes, going through all this stuff. I found that other part. I got so excited, he said, I went in, I put those parts in, turned on our set, and we had the most powerful signal in all the stations in, in that area, in San Jose, Costa Rica. Wow, so exciting. Now back to our old man. He was downstairs with the TV changer, 
and he figures, I'm going to find the best channel with the loudest sounds and the greatest thing going. That's the one I'll stop on. So he's flipping through channel. All of a sudden, he stops on this channel that our guy had fixed. It's just really beautiful and bright. And there's a preacher on there right at that moment. He said, whatever you do, Jesus loves you. You remember that. Whatever's happened in your life, Jesus loves you. He stops. He looks, and there's a phone number at the bottom. He calls up the station. Our lady answers. He says, I'm going to kill myself today. Is there any reason I shouldn't do it? Well, she parts in and says, yes, yes, you know, God loves you. He died for you. He gave his life because he wants you to live and have happiness. She said, you need to listen to this program. This preacher's going to be on a certain time. He said, what day? What, today? No, no, she said, tomorrow, right at this time. Silence on the other end of the phone. Well, I guess I can wait a day to kill myself. Wow. The next day, phone rings. What time is that preacher going to be on? Is he on again? She looks and says, yes, he's on tomorrow at the same time. Silence again on the phone. Pretty soon he says, well, I guess I can wait one more day to kill myself. <laughs> Third day, he calls up. He said, would you please tell me more about this Jesus? I want to know more about this Jesus. And she got together with him. The two of them began studying all the time. And he calls her his angel. And I've been there meeting with him and talking with him. God totally changed his life. Healed him of cancer. The grandson of here just having a wonderful life together. God saved him. That's the power of God, you know? Yeah. He saw hope right when he needed it. And it wasn't an accident. That's a miracle right there. Absolutely. But you said something that just hit me too. The woman at the station, when he called, when she had an answer to give him. Later, he calls her his angel. Not only do we have to work ourselves to study, to build a relationship, to keep hope for ourselves, but we can be somebody else's hope. Very we true. can be the one that says just the right thing at the right time. Very true. We are God's hands, an extension of God's love. It's interesting. Um, on uh, Sunday, two days ago, I was out here fishing with other friends. Um, and we were uh, trolling around the lake, in fact, just kind of right across over there. Uh, we were watching a couple of uh, people kayaking, uh, and they had their fishing rods out. And pretty soon, uh, Tim says, he says, hey, that guy just fell in. He turned his kayak over. And we go, wow. <laughs> and. Uh, I watched for a minute, and he got the kayak turned back over, and he was resting over it, just kind of, you know, up like you would, but he w couldn't get back in. And I says, you know, I think we better go over and help him. And uh, so we brought our lines in, I roared over there, and we got positioned so that we could help him get back in his kayak. And he was going, man, I didn't think I was going to be able to get back in. Um, and so that's the, even something as simple as a, a little physical help like that is the kind of things that we can do to help others. You know, you guys nailed it, I think. It's, it's paying attention to others, you know, where you might be able to offer some kind of help. I think about this uh, 
lady in, in Central America that uh, uh, met her. Well, actually, she was in South America. She was in Brazil. And she said, you know, my, my life was wonderful. I had everything going in life. Well, I had two wonderful children and a good husband and, and everything. And all of a sudden, one day, one of my children got sick. Even in a few days, died. Oh, and it just killed her. She was just distraught over that. Couldn't imagine it. And within a month, the other child was sick and died. Now she's at the second funeral. And, and she just can't believe what's going on. And pretty soon the husband, he's, he's distraught. He sets fire to himself in front of her and, and lights it up. And I mean, this list just went on and on. I can't imagine the things this woman went through. And then she loses her job. Then her car that she loved is repossessed. And now she's only got piano lessons. Piano lessons is the only thing she's got to sustain her situation and sustain life. And after a while, they repossessed her piano. Has absolutely nothing now. There's nothing in life. And this dear lady, she one day she's at friend's house and she takes some pills out of when friend isn't there. And then she's at another friend's house. She takes some more pills in another friend's house, and she does this for several weeks. She collects all these pills, and finally one day, she locks the door in her house. She goes in her bedroom. She takes, as a doctor, you'll appreciate this, takes 300 pills. Wow. 300 pills. I said, what happened? She says, well, I went to sleep for about a half hour, and I woke up and I felt okay. How does that happen? You know, unless they're sugar pills, and they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not going to be deterred. She goes through this whole circuit and cycle again, and this time she thinks this is this is really going to be it, and she does it again with hundreds and hundreds of pills. Still nothing. Not even not even sleepiness this time. And then finally, third time. I mean, you know, some some people will try and commit suicide as a call for help. Right. This lady was not calling men. She was an earnest. And this day, she locks the front door. Nobody knows she's home. She locks the bathroom door. She takes and she slits the wrist in a hot tub of water. She gets down in the tub and just relaxes. The next thing, she wakes up in the hospital. Up in the hospital, someone thought, where is she? They kick the doors down through the house, come find her in the tub, blood everywhere, all over the hospital, and save her. Now, while she's in the hospital, the, the nurse comes in and says, you need to listen to this. And it switched to a channel and on a preacher comes and says, Jesus loves you so much, you know. And the same story, whatever's going on in your life, you know, God loves you. Don't give up. God loves you. And Harry, you know, he and I traveled all over the world, you know, filming and stories and things. We got to spend time with this lady, such a sweet, sweet lady. Through all of this mess, God gave her hope. I wrote a little book a while back called Overcoming the Three Ds, Depression, Discouragement, Despair. It's helped thousands of people. If you'd like a copy, you can log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org, and for a small gift, it can be yours. Please do it today.
Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom. See you next time. <laughs>